to another episode of the BayCare Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz and I'll be your host for this episode. Cataracts are a common age-related eye issue and I'm joined today by Dr. Alexander Foster, a comprehensive ophthalmologist with BayCare Clinic Eye Specialist, to discuss dropless cataract surgery and the potential impact a treatment like this can have on cataract patients. Dr. Foster, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Alicia. Thanks for having me back on. And, you know, I just want to take a moment to thank you for producing such great content for our clinic. These podcasts are really fun and informative, and they really serve to educate our patients and and the public and even fellow medical professionals. I know I've, I've listened to several in the past and just really got a kick out of them. So kudos to you for this wonderful work that you're putting together. It's, it's awesome to be back on. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. We're talking today about dropless cataract surgery, and I want to f- start by first defining this condition. So what is happening exactly when someone is developing cataracts? Yeah, so I tell patients that cataracts are nothing more than our normal lens inside of our eye slowly starting to break down. So our, our human lens is a very, very dense piece of protein, and as we age, that protein slowly starts to break apart, gets little spots in it, little areas where water comes in and causes it to swell, and that eventually starts to blur your vision. So um, there are conditions that can lead to early formation cataracts, but the majority of the cataracts that I interact with in my day-to-day is just an age-related process. And you talked about it just there a little bit as far as an age-related process, but who does this typically affect or who are your typical patients for this condition? Yeah, um, we as ophthalmologists and optometrists, we can actually see a cataract on our exam in that little slit lamp that we put patients um, in. As early as 45, we can start to see the lens starting to break down a little bit. But you don't become symptomatic with cataract till about age 65 most of the time. And um, so I, of course, you know, there's a, a gamut. So there's younger patients that will develop cataract earlier. And, and the oldest patient that I've done a cataract surgery on was 101 years old. Um, but, yeah, the, the majority of patients, though, around 65, uh, cataract starts to really become more and more troublesome to patients. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you and your colleagues talk about how common of a condition this is, but could you define that for our listeners as well? How common are cataracts? Yeah, yeah, um, very, very common. Um, over 50% of people by age 65 will have a symptomatic cataract. And, and we talk about symptomatic cataracts. Uh, that's someone who has uh, previously, you know, excellent vision 2020 with correction. Well, when a cataract starts to become symptomatic, it'll drop your distance vision. So you, even with some correction, be it contacts or glasses, you're not going to be able to see as well. You might be seeing 2025 or 2030. And I have patients often say, you know, I, I've lost my near vision a long time ago, but now I'm losing it even more. Um, you have a hard time bringing in enough light to uh, your your whatever you're looking at up close. So that's another common uh, symptom that patients will have with cataracts. And, you know, I think another very, very common um 
side effect from cataract is glare and haloing and starburst with nighttime driving. And uh, patients commonly come with that as their main complaint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk today about um, some of the innovations in cataract surgery. But for, for those who don't know, can we talk a little bit about maybe what traditional cataract treatment looks like? Well, um, there have been just so many tremendous innovations in, in ophthalmology over the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. My patients come in and, and they can remember their parents many, many years ago getting cataract surgery and they had to stay the night at the hospital for several nights and it was a big um you know, arduous process. And these days, um, the treatment of cataract surgery is a outpatient procedure um, that's typically done at a surgical center. Um, my patients will come in early in the morning and be out um, before lunch. And um, it's the process itself. On my part, my procedure takes about 10 minutes uh, to remove and replace the the human lens, but the whole process of getting in and getting ready, getting the IV started, meeting anesthesia, meeting myself, talking about the plan, and um, and then you know, the post-op care, it's about three to four hours total, but uh, pretty, pretty in and out. Uh-huh. Yeah, very interesting. And I want to talk about uh, maybe some of that post-op care, because I think that's the biggest differentiator between um, sort of what we're going to be talking about today, the dropless cataract surgery. In a traditional sense, what is the need for, for drops, and what does that post-surgery care look like for patients? Yeah, so the traditional um, post-op care for the cataract patient, uh, we prescribe three different drops, and that patient will take two of those three drops three days prior to their surgery, and then after their surgery, they'll start all they'll uh, complete all three of those drops, um, and they take two of those drops for a full month afterwards, and one of those drops they take for two weeks. And if your head's spinning right now, it, it, it should be, because it, it's, it's complicated. For me, it's easy, because this is my profession. But, you know, it's really hard for patients to hear that and, and put it into practice. And that's kind of what we're talking about today and why I'm so passionate about dropless cataract surgery is the, the topical drops that we give, they're hard to understand and they're hard for patients to administer. And drop is cataract surgery does away with that. So thanks for bringing me on to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just about to say that that sounded extremely complicated. Um, so I want to know from your perspective, what is dropless cataract surgery and, and how is it different than, than maybe what more people would be familiar with? Yeah. So dropless cataract surgery can be done in a lot of different ways and it has been done in a lot of different ways. Um, and what I personally pursued here at Baycare Clinic is a technique that has been extensively studied. Um, there's been over 20 years of quality data of millions of cataract cases that have been done under what I've proposed and what I've made available to our patients. So 
of all the different medications and concentrations of those medications and even locations where you can put those medications, our technique, I feel, is one of the safest and one of the most effective based on the current research. Um, and this, this research is not just been put on by industry. This is peer-reviewed research, uh, meta-analysis, multiple meta-analyses. And, and what a meta-analysis is, it's, it's research of the research. So it's multiple data points brought together to form a, a general consensus. So the, the drop is cataract surgery that we offer at Baycare is very safe, very effective, and really just the essence of what I believe uh, will be the future of of ophthalmology post-op cataract care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so you talked about it a little bit. Talk about the technique that is used and, and how it eliminates maybe the need for those post-drops that, that we just talked yeah. about. Sure, sure. So at the time of cataract surgery, I, as your surgeon, use a very, very small amount of antibiotic, and I place it inside the eye. And this simple step removes the need for topical antibiotic drops afterwards. And then also, right after that, I give a very small amount of steroid on the outside of your eye, um, in the white part of your eye, the conjunctiva. And this helps to eliminate any pain and also help with healing and prevent swelling. So um, these simple steps are done right there at the time of cataract surgery on a sterile field um, that I administer as your surgeon. And it just makes your life and even my life much e- much easier. And we don't have to worry um, about you and if you're giving your drops appropriately to yourself or if you're giving too much of the drop or too little of the drop. And by giving these medicines at the end of surgery, we take out a lot of the unknown variables and just make it easier. Yeah, so I was just about to ask that. So what does that mean for patients in terms of their recovery and what that looks like post-surgery? Yeah, it, uh, it impacts them in tremendous ways. Um, on average, we, they, some of the literature that I reviewed showed that patients about 90% of the time give their drops incorrectly. So this includes missing an eye, giving too much of the medicine, too little of it, contaminating the eye bottle tip, not washing their hands prior to touching their eyes. Um, so just it just rids uh, them of the frustration of giving a drop. And if you've never given yourself an eye drop before, it's, it's not easy. And regarding cost, the cost of these eye drops are not insignificant. Um, so by giving the medicine at the time of surgery, not only do we make it more cost-effective for our patients, but we make it more cost-effective for our healthcare system as a whole. Um, we save um, our staff and our pharmacies a tremendous amount of time and energy, um, and our patients too, by not having to run to the pharmacy to pick up their drops and pick up their refills. Um, and it's just a, a, a very clear win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it, and and not even just from a cost standpoint, but just from you know, kind of eliminated all of that complication that you had talked about earlier, which as a patient must be comforting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, real time saver. Um, and, you know, I, I gave you just a little glimpse into how we try to educate our, our patients and it's hard to, to 
talk about drops, you know, over a podcast, but we do, we do so many things. We provide handouts. We give them charts. We give them timesheets. You know, it's written on their prescriptions that we send to the pharmacy and, and that we give them in their um, visit summary. We educate them at the time of pre-op. Um, we educate them prior to their uh, signing up for surgery. Once they're signed up, we send them a, um, you know, a post-op information sheet. All of these things have the same regimen about the drops that they take, but there's, it still does not come across. Um, and we've been doing this for 30 years. And, and if there was one way that it worked, we would all do it. But um, it's just true proof that there needs to be a change in the way that we, uh, you know, give our medicines to our patients. And, and dropless cataract surgery is shown to be effective not only um, for limiting inflammation and uh, infection, but also very effective in that patients don't have to deal with our instructions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to touch briefly on that because it, it may seem like for, for individuals who maybe haven't had cataract surgery or who don't know anybody who's had cataract surgery, why that's an important step. But there is a need for those drops after cataract surgery or in, in the case of dropless, there is a need for that medication. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe the complications that could arise if the drops aren't taken properly or if we're not doing dropless surgery? Yeah, yes, of course. Great question. Um, you know, at the time of cataract surgery, we make two very small incisions. Um, the, the bigger of those two incisions is about 2.4 millimeters, and that's equivalent to about 0 0.09 inches. A very, very small, small incision that we make into the eye when we do our work. But still, there's an opportunity for bacteria to enter the eye when that occurs. Um, so in all of our cataract patients, as, as it stands, as our standard of care, we prophylactically treat with antibiotics to prevent any um, possible eye infection. And the rates of eye infection are low, um, even with topical drops. It's about 1 in 1,000. But uh, you don't want to ever take that risk of not taking a drop or not doing a, a prophylactic antibiotic. So we just prophylactically treat. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned it a, a little, too, in this sort of being the future of, of ophthalmology care in, in at BayCare and, and maybe in the industry in general. But can you talk about sort of the history of this procedure? This Is this a new procedure or... Talk about it being sort of that proven practice that you had mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not a new procedure. Dropless cataract surgery has been taking place um, in the United States roughly since about the mid-1990s, but it's really started to sway uh, to a more recent standard of care in ophthalmology. Um, and this really took place kind of in the mid-2010 era. Um, there was a pivotal study that was done in Europe by the European Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgeons, and they studied about 16,000 cataract cases, and they found that the administration of a little tiny bit of, of antibiotic inside the eye at the end of cataract surgery um, not only uh, lowers 
infection rate in the eye, but it does so substantially, not by a magnitude of two or three or four or five times. They found that by giving an antibiotic at the end of cataract surgery, we lower the risk of endophthalmitis rates or, or eye infection rates by a magnitude of six-fold compared to topical antibiotics. So it, it's not only been bore out that it's effective, it's very effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I want to talk about sort of the contradictions of this. Or is everyone a candidate for dropless cataract surgery? Is this something that everybody can take advantage of if they need to treat cataracts? Yeah, um, Alicia, I wish that everyone was candidate the procedure, but um, there are some factors that make people not candidates, uh, and those are a history of severe glaucoma. If you have any sort of visual field loss from a condition that we know as glaucoma, that uh, does not make you a candidate for it, as well as patients under the age of 65 or those who have a large eye, so those who have a very severe uh, myopia or nearsightedness, and, um, and, then, and then, of course, anyone with any sort of allergy to the medication. Um, so those, those four are kind of the big contraindications. And, and right at the time of pre-op evaluation, it's a quick easy thing for me to look at uh, with all the measurements and, and information that we already know about a patient. I, I can quickly determine if someone is or is not a candidate for, for dropless. Wonderful. I know that you and your colleagues offer different types of lens replacements for cataract patients. Can this procedure be done on any type of lens replacement, including the premium lenses? Yeah, um, it's it's offered to any patient as long as there's not a uh, contraindication. Um, so the standard lens or a, uh, a lens that treats astigmatism or a multifocal lens, any, uh, any lens that you can use in cataract surgery can also be used with dropless cataract surgery. Very cool. You talked about sort of obviously they, the biggest differentiator for post-op would be that they wouldn't need to apply topical drops into their eyes. But is there any other um, difference between this surgery and maybe more traditional surgery that people would be familiar with in terms of recovery or outcome? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, patients who undergo the dropless uh, cataract surgery they're less likely to experience a little bit of irritation a couple weeks out. The, the topical drops that we give have a preservative in them, and over time, um, you know, two to three weeks after you've instilled those drops three times a day to the eye, it can kind of irritate the eye a little bit. Uh, so the dropless patient also benefits them that they're not, you know, giving that drop uh, from several different medications three times a day to the service of their eyes. So their vision tends to be a little bit clearer and a little bit less um, irritated. Very interesting. Um, I want to talk about from a patient standpoint now because I do think that um, this would be something that would interest a lot of our listeners. If I am someone who is suffering from eye issues, including cataracts, um, what would my course of action be? Yeah, um, if you have a 
ophthalmologist or an optometrist that you work with, um, certainly see them. Um, if not, the, the clinic is always um, willing to see any patient for any sort of eye issue that they might have. Um, and we don't re require referrals. You can call the clinic directly at 920-327-7000. And uh, certainly, a lot of things can cause blurry vision. Um, cataracts are very common, but you know I think an annual eye exam uh, with an eye professional is important. But yeah, if you're suffering from poor vision and you're thinking that it might be cataract and you're interested in droplets, I'd I'd love to see it and, and get you seeing better. Let's walk through that process a little bit. When a patient comes to see you, um, what is that? What steps do you take? How do you offer them help? What, is, what does that look like for people who might be coming in? Yeah, um, we have algorithms in the way that we see patients, and we do several tests early on in their visit. Um, if it's the first time seeing a patient, and kind of help determine if they do have cataract or not. And if they do, we take all the necessary measurements that are needed so that at the time of my evaluation with a new patient, I already have everything I need to to know um, regarding their eye and the potential of the type of cataract that they have and the, the options available for that patient. Um, so all that to say, we're very methodical and, and we have a lot of information that we overlook when we, we see a patient for the first time. Um, and so I, over, I review the data and I have a conversation. You know, it's, it's really a, a two-way two um, talk that I have with patients about their expectations and their um, desires for uh, what they want out of their vision afterwards. Sometimes patients are very um, interested in, in not being able to um, need reading glasses afterwards. They want to be out of their readers. And other patients say, oh, doc, I've been wearing these the last 15, 20 years. They're a part of my life. I don't mind wearing them. And, um, so it's really, a, I kind of try to figure out what it is about the patient that they want um, after cataract surgery. And once we dial that in, then we have a better idea of, of, the, of the lens option and, and the best route to take for patients. That's fantastic. Um, you and I have spoken in the past. Obviously, cataract surgery can be a pretty um, frightening situation for people. They might be a little bit worried about surgery on their eye. Whether it's traditional or this dropless option, can you reiterate just for listeners once again um, why they need not fear something like this and why it's important not to prolong treatment? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the way that I tell patients, uh, you know, Cataract surgery is the most common procedure performed in the United States. It's very safe. It's very effective. It's minimally invasive. It takes about 10 minutes for us to do the procedure. I tell them, we deliver more cataracts here in America than we do children. <laughs> every, every adult will have two cataracts. And uh, not every uh, child, um, not every woman who's childbearing age will bear children. So, um you know, I, I tell them that there's every reason to wait for cataract surgery until you have a symptomatic cataract. But once you have something in your eye that's clouding your vision, that's 
frustrating you and causing you know you to lose some of your activities of daily living, there's no reason to wait beyond that. Um, you're only waiting for better vision. And uh, as cataracts grow, they become more um, sclerotic or hard. They're, they become more dense, and that requires a bit more energy when we're in the eye completing the surgery. So uh, sometimes it can take a little bit longer for your eye to heal afterwards, and that's a pretty common thing that patients will talk to me about. Um, the first eye that we do, they say, yeah, it took a couple of days for that swelling to get better. I was seeing good by you know, day three or four, um, but typically the second eye, which also has a cataract, but it's not as symptomatic as the first one, they're doing much better, you know, even day one or two, and they say, yeah, this one's healing quicker, and that's typically because the first eye had the denser cataract and required a bit more effort and technique um, and energy at the time of surgery. So you don't want to wait too long. Um, and again, if you have a symptomatic cataract that's blurring your vision and causing glare and halos at nighttime, you're only waiting for better vision. So um, the things I hear a lot are, wish I had done this sooner, that was easy, and I can't wait to do my other eye. Wonderful. And, and you can tell just by a visit whether or not they'd be a great candidate for a dropless cataract surgery. Yes. Yep. It's um, a quick review of just some simple numbers. And um, in my practice, uh, I'm uh, primarily a dropless cataract surgeon, and it's only if you have contraindications, then you uh, receive the topical drops. And so I'm very passionate about this, and I've worked very hard to bring it to Green Bay, and I'm very, very grateful for the support that uh, the clinic has given me and and uh, just know, the freedom that we have in America to uh, to do these wonderful things for our patients. It's it's a blessing to be in the, the field that I am to do these things. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Dr. Foster. This was really great information. Yeah. Hey, Alicia, thank you. Always a pleasure to chat with you and look forward to the next time and the next one thing that we'll be talking about regarding the eye. Absolutely. Again, Dr. Alexander Foster is a comprehensive ophthalmologist at Baycare Clinic Eye Specialists. To learn more or to request an appointment, visit baycare.net. Thanks for listening.